What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. This is it. It's the final week of the Texas high school football season. And hey, in the words of College Station coach Steve Huff, and then there were two. Two teams left in each division, but two teams left in the Brazos Valley, as was the case last week. College Station Cougars and the Franklin Lions, they're set to face off in state championship games this week at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington. And it's going to be a fight for each of them to bring home some hardware plated in gold. Uh, joined always by Abigail Ochoa. What's up, Abigail? How are you today? Hey, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's no more like, oh, maybe we'll be here next week. We know we won't be here next week. Um, but, you know, it's exciting. I think there's a, a, a lot of good stories, storylines, at least from these two teams, Franklin and College Station. Um, obviously, Frank, or College Station second time, Franklin's third uh, but second in two years. So it's pretty exciting to get to see these teams um, who I think everybody had high hopes for being in the spot to actually be back in the spot. So um, it's exciting. Yeah. You know, I, I think back to the first podcast of the season when we had Greg Tepper on and, and we kind of talked about it like, Hey, there's one team that's a bona fide contender. That was Franklin. And we, right. they got here like we expected them to. Yeah. And then there was one that we were pretty sure could make it. It was just a matter of, can they win all the games to get there? And that was college station. And they did. So Abigail, now that we're here, mm-hmm. what are you most looking forward to this week as we go up to Arlington for the state championship games? Well, I think it is those, you know, like I said, it's like kind of a writer answer, but the storylines really kind of coming into these, both of these games are pretty exciting. And, you know, Franklin trying to kind of finish this out, you know, they have that motto last year, uh, 164, the, the miles from Franklin to AT&T, and, and they added finish to that this year. And I really think not only do they have the chance to do that, but um, I think they really believe that they can. They really have that mindset going in. They had it all season, um, you know, Looking back at that Lorena, that Lorena win, I mean, it, when you think about it, that really is the toughest game that they probably played this season, other than maybe Wasm last week. Um, if you if you look at it just as a, a challenge standpoint, but um, so that's really exciting to kind of see Franklin just kind of emerge. You know, I think we forget Mark Fannin has only been head coach for two years. Obviously, he's been with the program for longer than that, but uh, what he's been able to do, kind of taking over. Um, that position has been pretty amazing. And Franklin obviously has a great, um, great crew to do it with. I mean, this senior class, uh, even last year's senior class has been just dominating. Dominating, and I, you know, I talked to some of the guys this morning. They said that they kind of realized that seventh, eighth grade that they were maybe a little more special um, as far as talent wise, and I think they've really shown that. Obviously, College Station our local team to kind of survive that region two gauntlet that they had to go through. Um, again, a great senior class to, to work behind. A lot of these guys were also at that state game in 2017, you know, as eighth graders looking at about to start high school. I mean, that's, that's pretty exciting. And then, um, you know, they get to have their own state experience. So I think that's pretty cool with the Huffs having that, that state title. You know, I talked to Jet last week after their win and, I was like, you know, Jed told me in August, this is what he wanted to do with his dad. At least one time he wanted to get to this game. And, you know, I, it's such a relief, I think, for them just to get to this point. But they really do. It's more than just getting to this game. It's, it's about finishing here. So, um, yeah, a lot of storylines going on this week, but a lot of good. Uh, uh, two great teams, I think, like you said, we talked about it in the beginning of the season. We expected to, to, to be at this point. 
Um, so it's exciting that they are. Well, we've got a big show in store today. So without further ado, let's get to it. Joining us on the podcast now, first up, we've got Matt Stepp from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. He'll be at the state championship games all week long. We've got two teams from the Brazos Valley there, of course. Matt, how's it going today? Alex, Abigail, how are you guys doing? It's good to uh, be talking football with you guys again. Yeah, of course. I think we're I think we're both ready to watch some good football games this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, ready to hit the road? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's another oh, yeah. Game. First game. First game we've got today is uh, College Station and Katie Pato. You know, I think before the season, uh, a lot of us could have pegged College Station to likely make it this far, but maybe not everybody would have picked Pato. You know, Matt, we'll start with you. You know, what's kind of you feel like been this key to success for Pato as they've made this pretty pretty elusive playoff run? So you look at Pato's um, kind of growth in their fourth year as a program, and year one, they struggled. And year two, they got into the playoffs as a Division II school, um, barely got into the playoffs and got beat in the first round. Last year was really the first year you really started to see them emerge as an elite team. They move up to Division One. They compete with Manville. They compete with Hightower. They're competing with Foster. They get into the playoffs. They win a first-round playoff game, and then they have to forfeit in round two due to COVID. Um, and I think that – has stuck with them and really been a, been a lot of fuel for them this year. In addition to having a really experienced team coming back and a deep team, this is a school that is in essence a six A school playing five A Division one right now. I mean, Pato's enrollment is well over three thousand kids. They're moving up to six A next year, and talking to folks in Katy, they think that Pato is going to probably be the second or third best team in the Katy six A district next year right off the bat. So. And this is a program that has been built in the image of Katy. They, their coaching staff came from Katy High School. Their style of play is a lot like Katy High School. And they pull a lot of kids that would have gone to Katy High School. Pato's, and, Pato's attendance zone actually pulls from a lot of what Katy used to have. So this is an elite team. The film speaks for itself. They're big. They're fast. They're deep. They are nasty on defense. They get after you. They run the football with multiple running backs. They hit you at play action. This is going to be a, a barn burner. And, and, and we were split amongst our staff on the picks in this game. Uh, it was 2-2 between Pato and College Stations. I think this is going to be a great ball game. Yeah, well, you, you talk about how, you know, solid kind of Pato is all around. We've, we've talked about College Station having few weaknesses this season, at least uh, uh, their run here. But – are there any obvious, I guess, weaknesses of, of PayTow where the Cougars might kind of want to look at, or, or are they pretty solid as well as co- like college station? I think if there's one weakness on PayTow, it's going to be uh, in obvious passing situations. I, I think if you can win on first and second down and put them in third and long, are they capable of converting? Yes, that's not where they want to live. That they they don't want to be an obvious. They want to pass to surprise you, not not when they have to. So. Uh, I think if there's one weakness, I would say that would be it. But they can throw the football when needed. So, um, but I think the key, I, I think this game, both these teams are great in all three phases. I think this is big boy football here. And I think it's just going to come down to, um, you know, which team wins those physical battles up front and and who who can who can kind of win those mono and mono one-on-one matchups and make a play. Because these two teams on paper um, are both really, really good. And, you know, 
the 15, 16 weeks of, of class 5A Division One football are bored out. These are the two best teams in the, in the classification. Well, you picked College Station to win it all before the start of the playoffs. You, you sticking with the Cougars on Friday night, or do you think the Panthers are, are going to roll out of town with, with the trophy? I'm going with Pato. I think I'm, I'm Pato. Pato has really impressed me through this playoff run. This is that it's going to be hard to score on that defense. Those two linebackers, uh, they're unbelievable. They, they're they're loaded. Um, I think it's going to be a great ball game. We were split two two, and I was I was one of the ones who who, who jumped on the Pato bandwagon. So having seen Pato uh, the past two weeks on film, I've been nothing but impressed with them. But that's not to say College Station doesn't have a great shot. I think it's a pick and ball game. I'm just leaning slightly towards Pato. College Station the past couple of weeks has really the I think I saw maybe I'm the good luck charm because I was at the Lone Star game and, it, and they looked elite. And then the last three weeks they've kind of had to grind a little bit and, and haven't quite looked themselves. I don't know if it's teams figuring them out if they're just playing really good people or, or what. But um, they've kind of struggled the past couple of weeks. So I'm a little interested to see if they can get it going this week. For sure. Well, let's move on to our other two. Franklin, obviously, they've been as dominant as anyone has been this season, for sure. The Lions, you know, pushed a little bit last week with Wascom. But um, how helpful do you think that was to kind of have that four-quarter game against them before they face, you know, probably the other best team in in, in, uh, 3A Division II? So of the the 10 UIL 11-man games that are being played this weekend, Franklin and Gunner is the one I'm looking forward to the most. I think it's going to be a whale of a football game. And I think if you're a Franklin fan, you're thanking your lucky stars that you got pushed last week by Wascom. I think you needed to see that. You needed to see how Franklin deals with adversity, how they handle playing a team that punches. I think I said it. I think I said it, and we talked last week, that Franklin hadn't been punched in the mouth in a long time, and it was going to be interesting to see how they react. They got punched in the mouth last week. Wascom's a really good team. And Franklin showed some championship medal there, scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter and pulling away uh, in that game. So I, I think uh, if you're Franklin, you, you're, you're saying, thank you, Wascom. Thank you for giving us that because we needed it because they are going to get punched in the mouth by Gunner. Gunner is – these are the two best teams in 3A Division II, bar none. They both have been incredibly dominant. Um, they both get it done with physical run-oriented styles of offense. And they they both have been on this big stage before. Gunner Gunner has been you know a regular in the state semifinals. They won a couple of state championships in recent memory. Franklin was here last year. The the AT and T Stadium stage is not going to scare either of these teams off. It's going to be a fantastic ball game. You know, I think a lot's made of Gunner in that offense. You know, they kind of the pistol option. You know, how unique of an offense is that? And also, how solid is that duo of Hudson Graham and Ethan Sloan? I mean, you know, Hudson Graham's committed to Texas Tech. He's a legit Division One prospect. I mean, he's not probably going to be a quarterback at the next level, but he's a great athlete, and he can throw it when when asked to. And that's that's what makes Gunner's offense really dangerous. Is they they get in that pistol and they run that motion and they, they run that misdirection, but they can throw it when they need, when they need to throw it, they have shown uh, that ability. So you have to, you have to respect that. And that opens up running lanes for a guy like Ethan Sloan, who has put up huge numbers this year as well. Um, but the same token, Franklin and their slot T Franklin showed they can throw it as well. You know, last year, the state championship game, we saw the air lions roll out in the fourth quarter when they made that big comeback. So this is a team that can throw the ball as well. So I think both defenses, are going to have to play a little bit honest and and not – they can't just stack the box and try to slow the running game down. So 
That being said, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because Gunner's offense, the slot T is tough to stop. Gunner's offense is really tough to stop because it's such a unique thing and trying to prepare for it on a short week. I mean, I think this is a short week for both teams. They're both playing on Thursday night, having played on Friday last week. So you got a short week of prep. Um, trying to get ready for those offenses is, is really a unique challenge. So I expect a shootout uh, in this game on um, Thursday. Well, you had Gunter before the start of the playoffs. Are, are you sticking with the Tigers here as well, or are we changing it? Yeah, I'm sticking with Gunter in this one. I'm, 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 I, I, and I hope I'm, for y'all's sake, I hope I'm wrong, because it's a lot more <laughs> fun to write a state championship story than a, than a, a state title losing story. So yeah. for your sake, I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm wrong. But, yeah, I'm going, going with Gunner in this one. So, um, yeah, it's not it, – for my if, if my predictions come true, it's going to be a rough weekend for the Brazos Valley. But, you know – I'm a high school. I'm, I'm just one guy in, in high school football. They throws a lot of curveballs. I'm I'm glad I'm not going to Vegas and making these picks because I would be uh, in the poorhouse. Well, what do you think Franklin's going to have to do? I guess to get that elusive state title win. I know, you know like you said, they lost 2015 and last season too. Uh, two tough games there. I, I think what they're going to have to do is that on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to have to find a way to contain Ethan Sloan uh, with. With by playing straight up, they've got to contain the gunner running game without cheating. And by cheating, I mean putting eight nine guys in the box because they do right. that. Gunner's going to go over the top and hurt them. If Franklin can can play straight up defensively and, and play base and and slow Gunner down a little bit, I think that's the formula to winning. Because I think Franklin's going to score points. I think they're going to they're going to. I I think to win this game, you might have to score forty. I think it's going to be that high scoring of the game. Well. I think we can all agree one of the best parts of the state championships is you can watch three games with one ticket. So I'm going to ask you to close. What's maybe one other game Thursday and Friday that, you know, folks coming up for the Friday night game should should check out if they're heading up to Arlington a little early. Um, I would say Friday. I think both the, the two games on Friday before the college station game are going to be incredible. The two 4A games, I mean, you got unbeaten Stephenville versus unbeaten Austin LBJ at 11. And you got unbeaten China Spring taking on Gilmer, um, who's 14 and one in the three o'clock game. I think those two 4A games are going to be sensational football games with big crowds, big talent, big atmosphere. So uh, if you're a College Station fan, I say come on up early and, and get, get in there for that 11 a.m. game, and make, make a day of it. 20 bucks for three games is an incredible value. You can't beat it. And, uh, you know, and if you're a Franklin fan, maybe uh, stay over Thursday night and celebrate a state championship by watching some football on a Friday. It's a, it's a, if you love football, it, it, this is, this is your dream weekend right here. And I love football. So this is like my, uh, I, I'm in heaven. I'll be floating through the press box uh, all weekend, uh, <laughs> but I'll make sure to come say hello uh, at some point as I'm floating through. For sure. Well, Matt, our, our, our listeners are probably fools if they're not already following you, but if they, if they aren't, you know, how, how can they get a hold of you and your work in all the Dave Campbell's coverage for from state this weekend? Uh, yeah, so uh, our, our hub at Dave Campbell's Texas Football is at texasfootball.com slash, slash state. Um, all of our previews are there. There's more content than we, you could ever imagine for every game. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore step 817. Uh, that's step with two Ps. Um, we'll be on there as well. We'll have plenty of other coverage on our YouTube page, Instagram. I think Pickle and Mallory have a, a Snapchat or, or TikTok going on with Dave Campbell's. I let, let the girls handle that because I don't know anything about that. Um, but we've, we've, we've got our bases covered. And I will give you guys one little pro tip. Uh, pre-game, if you need a spot to eat, 
for breakfast. I don't know if you're coming up for breakfast or not, but if you're coming up for breakfast, Marquez Bakery. All right. right there behind the stadium on Division Street, Marquez Bakery. Great breakfast tacos, traditional Mexican bakery. It's 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 legit. Oh. I always get a dozen tortillas to go when I when I go there also because their tortillas <laughs> are the bomb. Hey, you, you had me at breakfast tacos. So <laughs> that's right. They're legit. All right. All right, Matt. We appreciate you always for coming on, and we'll see you up in Arlington. Thanks, guys. Y'all have safe, safe travels. Thank you. Joining us now on the Brazos Sports Preps, Preps cast, it's the voices of the College Station Cougars. We got Scott Clendenin, good friend of the show. What's up, Scott? Good afternoon, everybody. Glad to be on. Playing football one more week. Doesn't get more exciting than that. Yeah, of, of, of course. And in, in making our making his debut on the show, Tim Schnettler, former Eagle writer, I believe, right? Yes, 13 years. Yeah. 13 years I put up with Cease. <laughs> We've all put up with the great Robert Cessna. Yeah. So but, I'm glad to be here, though. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm looking forward to this. Well, we could tell Cease stories all day, probably. But let's tell the story of the College Station Cougars. They're facing Katie Pato on Friday night at AT&T Stadium, 5A Division I State Championship, of course. You know, Tim, I'll start with you. In your perspective, what's kind of been the defining trait of this Cougars team as they've made their way to the state championship game? You know, to me, and I talk about this with Coach Help all the time, is the, the lack of panic in this group, the focus in them. They're so focused, and when they get behind or if things don't go their way, there's no panic. And we saw that against uh, Wakeland when things weren't going completely well for them, but they never panicked. Wakeland made a run at them. They just kept going, doing what they were doing. And then against Denton Ryan, you get down, and you you come right back, and you find a way to score. And to me, that's been the biggest thing for them is there's just no panic on that sideline at all. Uh, it, you know, you look at these kids and it's almost like they, they just feel like they've been through everything before and the ability to just come back and answer everything that the opponent throws at them. I mean, that, that's been huge for them this year. Well, Scott, what did you see from the Cougars last week? They had to fight a little bit against Mansfield Summit there towards the end. But I, what did you see from them last week against Summit? And then how, how valuable has Mark, uh, Marquise Collins been to the team this season? Well, I, you know, I, I've got to agree with uh, John Clendenin, who early on said that, you know, that he was the, the top running back in the state. He's certainly shown that in the playoffs. He's been amazing. Now he's going up against another great back. We've talked about it week after week. Every time Marquise Collins sees guys on the other side of the field, he's been tremendous. He raises his game. Uh, that's a, a terrific trait to have to raise up to the level of your competition. He's been the best back on the field every week this year, save one. And that was, you know, basically due to injury when, you know, they didn't need him to beat a Waller team. As far as last week's game, uh, it was a dogfight. The, the Cougars are battle-tested. The question was, after going through really four teams in a row, up until they played Magnolia West, how would they be in the playoffs and against playoff caliber team? I think they've been tremendous. Uh, they've been able to to bounce back in a big way, uh, you know, with with a, a team that took the lead on them two weeks ago and didn't Ryan and then tied them last week. They've answered the call. Now uh, they've got to shore up some things. There's no doubt about it. I don't think uh, the the long pass plays defensively the last couple of weeks, and then the long run by Anthony Hill on a, on a fourth and short are things that I'm sure the defensive coaches are, are you know want to correct. Uh, 
because they were playing, you know, defense at such a high level that, you know, you, you want to get back to that level and you may have to be at that level against a PayTow team that is tremendous offensively. And really you're talking about the two of the three best offenses in the state and two of the three best defenses in the state. I think the, the Cougars have done it against a little bit better competition, but that's not to take anything away from uh, the, the competition PayTow scene because we've seen year after year Region three and region two are where the strength of the state is. And, and they rolled through there and, and division one, you know, how you're supposed to, if you're a team that's going to play for a state championship. Well, you two guys have been there all the way through this season. Abigail has been right along with you. Uh, so thanks for taking care of her, by the way, but you know, what, 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 Abigail, I'm going to turn it to you. What, what do you, what do you think the Cougars are going to have to do on Friday to come away with the win? Well, I think Scott said it best. Like, they need to clean up those little mistakes that we've seen the past few weeks against Wakeland, against Jen Ryan, and against some even um, last week. So you want to see those, you know, uh, teams have been able to convert on third down or third and long, and, and, and you see those explosive runs come through and, and things like that. We saw that against Summit as they tried to come back last week. Um, but I think what College Station has on their side, which right now is experience, and I think at this point of the season – I think that's what every team hopes to bring into the state tournament um, at this point. You know, it's week 16, uh, I think. Uh, did I get that right? Uh, week 16, it, it, it's, a, it's a gauntlet. It, it, to get it this far in the season, I mean, you, you're tired. You're trying to stay healthy. You're just trying to get through the next game. And and I think right now College Station has that experience on their side. They have guys who, um, who have just been through this, uh, you know, the past four years with them. Uh, now, I think Katie Paytow, is um you know just looking at the run that they've made this season is not a team to be overlooked either um they score in all three phases uh i think all the playoff wins that they've had this this season have been by 23 points or more when you look just at the score just the box score so um it's definitely not a team to overlook but i think you know we talked about college station being able to get through that that region too um and tough team against tough team against tough team, you know, week in and week out. I think that really helps them when you get down to this game. Um, and, and with that senior class, having so much experience, they have a goal in mind that they've had since they were in third grade. I think that really plays into, um, you know, how things will go on Friday night against a Katie Paytow team. That's a, you know, pretty, pretty young when you, when you look at everything. Yeah. You know, Tim, I, I saw you tweeted the other day, something about, it's special getting to call a state championship game. You know, what's special about that? And what, what do you remember about the ones that you've done before? Well, you know, for me, this will be my third one. I think it's the third one for Scott as well. I've done two. I did two for Navasota and they were both victories. So I got to see two state championships for Navasota. One of those was with Scott and just the atmosphere around the games the fact that you can pay for for the fans pay $15 and you get to go sit and watch three great high school football games and you can sit anywhere you want in that stadium you know and it's just it's so much fun and for me I really like the stories that go with it I like you know you get to know these kids and and you you get to feel like you're pushing for them I mean I know Scott and I really want to see this group of kids win this this state championship on Friday and you just you get to feel like you're a part of it. And that's what I liked with with Lee Fedora when he was coaching Navasota. He was really good to me. He was good to Scott. Uh, Coach Huff's been tremendous to us, the Cougar Club. You know, they they you know, you're you're you become a part of the program, you know. And I think for Scott and I, it's a little more special because 
Scott has a son who graduated from College Station High School. His daughter currently goes there. My daughter graduated from College Station High School. And so, you know, we've been around the Cougar program for quite a while. And so, and, and I look also for the little connections, you know, Kenny, uh, Kyle Walsh. I covered his dad when his dad played high school football at AM Consolidated, you know, and last week when the Cougars or the Cougars faced Mansfield Summit, Shannon Hall, I covered him, their head coach. I covered him. So I feel old, first off, because of that. But it's kind of cool to see Kenny's son, Kyle, and and get to get this chance to play for state with his uncle on the sideline as one of his coaches as well. Yeah. And- yeah, and you know, what, what do you think this title in particular would mean for the Cougars? Obviously, they won their first one in 2017, but what would this one mean for them? You know, well, I think – Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, Tip. No, you go oh, ahead. Okay. I, I, I think the, the good thing about this is, you know, they they saw the, the three previous classes kind of uh, keep it at the level. Yes, you ran into three teams that were number one in the state each year. Um, they kept it at a certain level. So there wasn't a drop off, even though you, you had, uh, you know, all the turnover. And then this group that, that had some of those play in the first year in region three have kind of grown into their roles. And I, I think that's one of the things that, that I've liked about it is, you know, that, that yes, they've carried this on. They've been part of a group as opposed to the first group that, you know, didn't know if they were going to be at, at uh, a Cougar or a Tiger. This group's kind of known all along. I was going to go play for the College Station Cougars, and I was going to continue the legacy and try to build on that with this program. And, and that I, I thought that was exciting. And, and obviously, uh, you know, uh, Steve Huff and Jet Huff, you know, you, you, we, we saw that uh, with Denton Ryan last year. We've seen it in some other programs. Obviously, the Dodge Bowl last year uh, between South Lake Carroll and Austin Westlake highlighted that same kind of thing that, you know, there, there's a legacy in Texas high school football. Uh, you know, uh, Gene Rogers and Ross Rogers, you know, th- this is a family business sometimes. We don't know how, where Jet's going to go off and, and how he's going to end up, but there could be the point in time where he becomes a high school coach just like his dad did, and he'll look back to these times as well. So that's one of the things I like about Texas high school football is the legacy aspect of it. Well, either one of y'all can answer this, Tim or Scott, but, uh, you know, obviously College Station gets that primetime 7 p.m. Friday spot in the state tournament. What kind of a crowd are we expecting to, to be there for the Cougars? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a huge crowd. You know, you've seen on Facebook and on Twitter, they're trying to fill up five, five plus fan buses. You yeah. know, the last time they went to state, they had five fan buses. They're trying to get past that. You know, just look at the crowd last week. I thought it was a tremendous crowd for last week's game. And, and you look across the other way, Mansfield Summit, it was a slow arriving crowd, but it was nowhere near as big as the Cougar crowd. And the Cougar students have been tremendous. And they always have been. You know, you see that all throughout. And, and I remember going to the, the state game the last time College Station was there. I, my daughter and I went, and the crowd was unreal. And, and I think you're going to see that again. And I think you're going to see a huge crowd on the other side for Katie Pato because this is a team, it's their first trip there. And it'll be their only time in 5A that they get to go to do this because they're moving up to 6A after this year. So I, I think you're going to see a tremendous crowd on both sides, but I think there's going to be a lot of purple in the stands. Well, I also think one of the things that that, that – I would think is since Katie high normally goes and they're not, yeah. uh, this is kind of like a destination trip uh, for KDISD. 
and this will be uh, Paytow's, uh, you know, opportunity to go carry on the legacy that KDISD has. Uh, an interesting thing that I want to see is last time there was a, when you played Alito, there was a big backlash against Alito. So all the teams that were from DFW really were rooting for College Station to beat Alito. Don't think we're going to have that this time. And it'll be interesting to see all the fans that are there for the, the first two games of the day. You know, is there some ebb and flow as far as who they're rooting for in that game? Because if you can capture the attention of, of you know, a significant portion of the fans that are there as neutral, as neutral people, then you have a chance to, to really, uh, you know, ex expand your crowd and fan base for, for, for people that don't even know or, or have never been to a college station or a Katie Paytel game in their lives. Well, guys, thanks for coming on and giving us a little insight to the game. Before we let you go, Tim, how can folks listen to the radio broadcast on Friday night? Well, they can get it locally here in town. You can get it on 100.9, Maverick 100.9. Uh, thanks to Brian Broadcasting, you know, they, they cover high school football like crazy. So you can get it there on your radio dial. You can listen online through RadioAggieland.com. You can also go to Maverick 100.9's website, listen there. And I believe uh, BrazosFootball.com as well. You can listen from there. So uh, you can, lots of ways to listen and uh you know, Scott and I may not be the best around, but we have a good time when we do it. And it's a lot of fun. And, and we've, we've had a lot of positive response from people this season. So, it, you know, Scott and I really enjoy it. We, we love doing it. And so, but uh, you know, we, we want people to listen to us, but we'd rather have them in the stands. So bring your radio in the stands, listen in the stands with you. All right. Well, we'll see you all there. Thanks. Appreciate Thanks, you having us on. Safe travels. Well, joining us now. We've got the Franklin football beat pretty much. We got Travis Brown of the Eagle. What's going on, Travis? What's going on? I'm just trying to be festive, bring some holiday cheer into this podcast. Hey, we like it. And we've got one Douglas Pills, uh, Franklin's finest. What's going on? Uh, it's going well. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm the most unbiased, or I'm sorry, most biased uh uh, sports reporter of all time right now with my Franklin playoff shirt on. So yeah, we're good to go. He, he's teaching the next generation of journalists very well, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm doing exactly what I told y'all not to do. Never wear your maroon shirts <laughs> press conferences. And here I am wearing my green Franklin state bound <laughs> shirt. I just got yesterday. And, so. and that is why I am wearing white. All right. Well, the Franklin lions, They've got a big game Thursday night at AT&T Stadium. They're playing the Gunter Tigers in the 3A Division II state championships. Franklin has been dominant just all season. I mean, we can all agree with that. But last week, really pushed there for a while by Wascom. Travis, I'm going to start with you. What did you see from Franklin last Friday that really allowed them to pull away, considering the fact they hadn't been tested for four quarters pretty much since that opening week against Lorena? Yeah, well, not only have they not been tested, but it's really was an interesting matchup. It, it's something kind of akin to what they do to the other teams and the fact that they were playing a Wascom team that uh, runs the triple option, which I know when you go back to college coaches talking about playing the service academy teams and whatever, it's it's like you kind of have to go through spring training all over again to, to make sure that your defensive uh, uh, assignments are, are spot on. And the thing that kind of 
plagued them a little bit in the first half was uh, not necessarily being completely on par with some of those defensive assignments when they did run some of those more triple option standard type uh, uh, of, of offenses and plays. But in the second half, they absolutely uh, squared that away. And then with the normal kind of offense rushing attack that they had, they were ultimately able to put it away in the second half. Uh, uh, Bobby Washington, like they said, doing Bobby Washington things. And that is when they try to slow it down, run time off the clock, whatever. He's just like, nah, I'll just score a touchdown. Uh, it happened against, uh, uh, who was it in, at Pflugerville? It was um, Poth. 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 It happened against Poth when at the end of the first half, they were trying to run their two-minute offense because they knew they might need it. And he said, nah, I'll just take it to the house. So uh, that's kind of what, what I saw from, from uh, that, that game last week. Well, Doug, what, what's the excitement in the town uh, this week? Kind of state, another state title, the second in two years. I mean, I was in Franklin earlier this morning, and, and I know the team is excited, but how's the town? Well, just since we got on this call, I'm on a Franklin football message group. Just since we got on this call, my screen has been blocked off by like four or five messages. So I don't know if that tells you a little bit about what's <laughs> going on, but uh, that's that's a little bit about what's going on because they're planning the – the meal tonight for the team. They're planning the pep rally tomorrow at six o'clock or seven o'clock. I forget which. Don't 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 hold me to that. Go to the face. Go to the Franklin ISD Facebook page to get there at real time on that. But just all sorts of things going on. The send off early, early early Thursday morning before they head to Arlington. So no, the excitement is pretty big. There's we believe signs all over the there's a huge one on the courthouse and all over the built the uh, businesses on the square and all around town. All the cars are all painted up, so they're ready to go. Yeah, well, Abigail, like you said, you were over in Franklin earlier this morning. You know, wh what's kind of the focus of the Lions as they head into this game against Gunner? Well, I think the biggest takeaway uh, talking to, you know, Coach Bannon was defense is going to be – is going to play a huge part in this game, um, especially against Gunter who runs that pistol option offense. But uh, last year, you know, in the state title game against Canadian, it was kind of like which offense is going to get the ball last and who could score last. Uh, but this year, I think it really will be more about uh, which defense is able to, you know, run their assignments well and create opportunities for their offense to score. Um, you know, Franklin's defense, like Travis was saying, they have been lights out off season. They're allowing 8.9 points per game. Uh, Cameron has scored, scored the most points against Franklin, which was 21. And that was back in week three. Uh, it, 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 I think it was good to, you know, you get a good test against Wascom last week, but still Comparing it to last season where the game was so tight, it wasn't the case this year. And I think that really is a testament to what their defense has been doing this season. Um, they're really taking care of the ball over there. So obviously I think, you know, it's good. Franklin has that balanced offense. Obviously we know their run game is pretty strong. They also have Marcus Wade back there to really open up the passing game for them. But this team is really ready to finish the job as they say, you know, that's part of their motto this, this season. And I think, they have a really good chance to do that. Uh, they're coming into uh, AT&T Stadium, which they're more familiar than they were last year. I mean, last year, Coach Bannon told them, act like you've been here before, you know, because they never have. So you really have to almost fake it till you make it, I guess. Now they, they, they're coming back to the stadium. They've done it before. They just, a lot of the people were at that game last year. So I think defense is going to be huge, but I really think that they're ready on all sides of the ball to, to kind of finish this thing, as they say. Yeah, well, Doug, kind of going to you, you know, 
not that it needs to be said, but what would winning a state championship mean for the Franklin community as a whole? I don't know if it's if, if it's possible to to measure how important that would be to to a lot of folks in town. They've you know they've been twice now, went in 2015 and and went last year um, and falling short both times. So it certainly has been a goal. And you know somebody made a post uh, on one of the message boards, uh, Facebook groups this last week, I think is when it was, talking about how this group has kind of been the group that's really been building toward this moment since they were. Fourth and fifth grade, they started a, a new uh, football league in Franklin back then, and, and the seniors this year were kind of the, some of that first group, and then obviously the juniors and sophomores were part of were part of that program then. So I think we're seeing you're kind of seeing the culmination of some of those efforts with some of the parents, you know, who are parents, coaches involved in those things, and so yeah, and then just the community at large, you know, the history of Franklin football goes way back, you know, for, certainly further back than the time that these high school kids have been alive. So yeah. It, with, with Coach Hedrick and all the success he had and, and, and then Coach Hedrick, the next Coach Hedrick, and all the success he had. So, um, yeah, it would just be a huge moment for, for Franklin and, and something surely that they're really excited about this week. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think it, you know, I, I, exciting. I don't know. I think I just said exciting three or four times there in the same, 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 same time span. So, yeah, no, it, it would certainly be a huge moment for the town. Well, Travis will be there on Thursday. Uh, what makes you think Franklin can can kind of finish the deal here and, and get a, a state title? I mean, it's kind of a similar thing to what I said about uh, Wascom, why that was so difficult for Franklin, uh, that that wing T offense is a little bit of a bastion of the past. And especially with an offense that uh, or a team that runs kind of a pistol option offense, something a little bit more modern, the way that they they, they get to the, ball, the, the line quickly, run a lot of motion, run a lot of misdirection. You have to be very, very sound on your defensive assignments to be able to stop them. Uh, and it's just looks that you you don't see in really any other kind of offense right now. I think that's something that's definitely helped them uh, through this entire playoff run because you see teams that were good teams with good defenses that look just absolutely um, – you know, uh, uh, flabbergasted by uh, what they were trying to do and, and the motions they were running and, and the holes that they were open to be able to open up for all the different assortment of backs that they have. Not to mention, uh, you, you have to throw um, Marcus Wade in there and his ability to, to throw the ball when it's necessary, uh, make some good, accurate passes and, and, and open up the field that way. But it, uh, yes, the defense has been stout. I know they wanted to kind of take that claim of the best 3A defense uh, over Poth a couple weeks ago. They were fired up about that, but it, it all starts with this offense and how absolutely explosive it is and how much of a different look that gives. And I think if at all they can confuse, um, give some different looks to um, Gunner's defense that they haven't really anticipated or seen before, then I, the cards are in their favor, I think. Well, we'll close with this. And I can't have a podcast without talking a little bit about food, right? Mm. So... We got we got two we got Travis the resident Metroplex native and then we've got Doug who spent a good amount of time in the Arlington area working for the Arlington Morning News. So here's my question for the folks that are going up for the game: What's maybe a good place or two you, you got to recommend stopping for early dinner before that Friday night or Thursday night game? Excuse me, Doug. I'll give it to you first if you have any ideas. 
Well, you know, I, I left Arlington uh, in Dallas in 2002 off for, for uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and then was in New York for a year and then San Antonio for 10 and here for seven. So a lot of things in Arlington aren't there anymore. I was sad to see you. Red Hot and Blue was a great barbecue joint right there, uh, right, right, right close to the stadium, and that's no longer there. Uh, I guess the best local thing I can think of is it's actually not even in Arlington anymore. It's a New York pizza deli. It's a little up uh, if you're on Collins and you're heading north, heading north out of town. It's now up uh, closer to Euless, so that's that's a good place to go, both either for pizza or or great sandwiches. Uh, kind of kind of partially where the Franklin Deli was born. Uh, the idea for it, anyway, that, that that honey and my wife and I run in Brooklyn Franklin, and she's not nursing, so yeah, that's a good place. But yeah, like I said, most of the things that were there when I was there, was beer Peretti's was a great place to go to when I when I was living back there, and that's gone. So yeah, no, I'm I'm just lamenting on the past right now. So Travis probably <laughs> Travis probably knows more great places to go eat than I do. Yeah, uh, I mean, you got to throw Bubba's out. Uh, excuse me, uh, 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 Babe's out there. Babe's Chicken. There, there's plenty of those kind of in the Arlington Mansfield area. If you want a good family style chicken dinner, it's great. Uh, if you want to be more around the stadium, you can't go wrong. It, it might not be the best food you've ever had, but just the experience. They had that whole Texas Live scene that's around uh, the new Rangers ballpark that's right there next door with all kinds of restaurants and big jumbotrons and things. And I'm not sure what they'll have going on while state's going on, but that'll actually probably be a pretty cool scene over there. Uh, we'll go with also right across. I, I think it's still open. It was still open as like last year, but uh, right off I-30, uh, you know, Collins and I-30, basically little pizza place called Gino's East and it's Chicago style uh, deep dish pizza uh, that, that they only have like two locations of this place. It's one's in Chicago and one's in Arlington. Go figure. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it's, it's, if you, if you, I'm not necessarily a big fan of the tomato pie, but if you like a deep dish uh, uh, Chicago style pizza, that place is, uh, is pretty good. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. I think we're going to see a really good football game on Thursday night. Of course. Go Lions. Go Lions. <laughs>